Hey everyone, this is Jason Shepard, and you're listening to the Commercial Pilot Podcast by M0A.com, where a good pilot is always learning. What do I believe is the most difficult aspect of becoming a commercial pilot? Hey guys, Jason Shepard here of M0A.com. You are listening to the Commercial Pilot Podcast. Podcast brought to you by the number one rated online ground school, groundschoolacademy.com. Hundreds of videos, weekly webinars, mock check rides, FAA written test prep, all to the new ACS guidelines, Airman Certification Standards. That's right. Goodbye, PTS. Hello, ACS, says the FAA. And we are on it. And we've released our new ACS guidelines online ground school for you to enjoy and check out. Also, a quick reminder, I hope you'll be able to attend EAA Air Venture Oshkosh. We will be there all week, certainly a few days before and a few days after as well. We're in Hangar B, Hangar Bravo. You walk in, we're just slightly to the right, nice big booth, can't miss us. We'll be there. I'll be there all week. Our good friend from Flying Wild Alaska, Ariel Tweedo, will be joining us towards the end of the week as well. Visit m0a.com to see our seminar schedule. We have seven or eight seminars scheduled, uh, media and press lunches for our media out there, uh, plenty of giveaways, including some t-shirts, uh, of course, limited quantities. So do check that out and see how you can get one of those m0a.com t-shirts. So lots of great stuff. We'll be there all week. It's a big thing for our business and it's a great opportunity to meet you guys as well. So really looking forward to that. Today's topic for the Commercial Pilot Podcast is really what I believe is the hardest part, the most difficult aspect of becoming a certificated commercial pilot. Of course, when I say commercial pilot, I mean flying for hire. Uh, not necessarily flying for uh, United Airlines or anybody big just yet. Certainly one day, maybe, uh, if that's in your wheelhouse. But by commercial pilot, I simply mean uh, flying for compensation or higher. The hardest part of becoming a commercial pilot is not making that transition to a complex airplane. Yeah, I did my private, I did my instrument, I did it in a 172, and now I got to transition to this 172RG or a Piper Arrow, whatever it may be. In fact, we spoke about uh, that in a previous episode, so pull that one up if that's a concern of yours, making that transition to a complex aircraft, and I share uh, some of my concerns and tips and tricks for making that an easier transition, but that's not what I believe. It's certainly difficult, but it's not the most difficult. You know, uh, remember, don't let anybody tell you that the commercial pilot certificate is just a glorified private pilot certificate. There are very difficult aspects of it. And what I believe is the hardest part, and it's going to sound so silly, it's going to sound so simple, but what I believe the hardest part is learning how to fly VFR again. Think about it. You've gone from private pilot, where they teach you look outside, look outside, look outside. Then you become an instrument rated pilot, assuming you follow this, this progression, and they teach you look inside, look inside, look inside. And now you wanna become a VFR commercial pilot where they teach you look outside, look outside, look outside. It's very hard to make the switch from instrument pilot inside the cockpit to a commercial pilot outside the cockpit again. 
You know, it is such a difficult transition to make. In fact, it was one of my greatest struggles because I'm so used to doing everything inside that when they asked me to do lazy eights and, and just, geez, even the easy stuff, slow flight, steep turn, stalls, I just, all I wanted to do was look inside. Where were my foggles? Because all I wanted to do was be inside my cockpit. And it was very hard to switch back to being a VFR pilot. You know, this is why I salute these guys. I actually received an email about this recently. I salute these guys out there who try and do like instrument commercial multi check rides all in the same day. Someone just recently sent me an email about that saying, hey, Jason, I'm thinking about doing my commercial multi and instrument all in the same day. What do you think? And very politely, I wrote them back and said, I think you're absolutely nuts. Uh, you know, I'd love to see some some data. Uh, obviously, it'd be a very small sample size because not many people do that. A lot of these big, big flight schools do that. They believe more multi-time is better and everything else. But listen, becoming a commercial pilot is hard enough. I can't imagine doing my commercial multi in the same day as well as, by the way, let's add in my instrument now. You know, multi's not too terribly hard. It's certainly, you know, just learn a new airplane and, and VMC roles and this sort of stuff, VMC demos and everything else, but instruments are really hard check ride. I'd hate to add commercial and multi all on top of it. That makes it a very tough day. So if you're on the fence and you're thinking about doing something like that, um, maybe I can talk you off that fence a little bit. I mean, maybe you're a great multitasker. I don't know, but I don't think that's certainly the best way to go about it going inside the cockpit, outside the cockpit, and let me show you a VMC demo all at the same time. It's hard enough going from instrument to commercial with some time in between. And anyone who's working on their commercial pilot certificate right now knows exactly what I'm talking about. That's a difficult transition to make. What can we do to make that transition easier? Well, here's some things. If you're doing it part 61 and you know you've got that the 250 hours total time I have to get, why not, rather than just racking up hours to do it, why not make the best use of our time, save some money while we do it, and start time sharing with someone else doing VFR cross countries? You know, one's PIC flies outbound, you work the radios to help, you know, play the safety pilot type role, whatever it may be, timeshare, swap seats on the way back through, both get to log PIC, both get to add up that total time category, um, and work about it that way. And focus on looking outside. You know, something I make all my students do, and I encourage you to do this, but please do it with an instructor, is I make all my students do landings with the airspeed indicator only. Because it's so hard when we've been so used to shooting an approach and the, it, it, they tell me when to look outside or I know when I break out and I know when I have to go mixed and I have all these fixed altitudes and specifics and radio calls and everything else. Everything, it's not done for me, but I'm, I'm basically, I follow this regiment when I'm working on instrument approaches. As, whereas in the VFR environment, well, a traffic pattern is, is, is up to you. We want to learn again how to fly an airplane, as silly as that sounds. But fly an airplane by looking outside. That's why I'll cover up everything but the airspeed indicator or the airspeed tape in a G1000 aircraft and say, listen, I want you to eyeball 1,000 feet AGL on your downwind. 
I want you to fly by the seat of your pants, by looking outside, by learning the airplane, just looking at your airspeed indicator and outside, that's all you need. Eyeballs inside, there's only one thing to look at, the airspeed for safety. And other than that, it's eyeballs outside for judging altitude, judging distance from the airport, those sort of things. Because you have that skill deep down inside of you. You had to have to become a private pilot. That skill of eyeballing things and making those kinds of judgment erodes during instrument flying because you're so used to, okay, at the final approach fix, it's configure for landing, and you're so used to having these defined points where you go miss. They call them decision altitudes. We have these certain things where we make these decisions. And VFR flying, we don't exactly have those. And you have to find those and make those decision points for yourself. It's tough not being told what to do sometimes, and it's hard to make that transition back in the cockpit. That's why I encourage you to go up, obviously, with an instructor and try to fly with just your airspeed indicator through the traffic pattern. See how you do with things. Making the transition from IFR to VFR can be very difficult. Your commercial pilot certificate is more than just that glorified private pilot certificate because there's new flight maneuvers. There's new constraints, to give you a, a good word to use, on our ACS guidelines there that we need to follow. I'm not only doing just the same maneuvers, I'm tightening up the requirements and the standards to which those maneuvers are done. And they're done VFR. Lazy H Shandells are very much a VFR flight maneuver. And we'll talk, we'll do an entire podcast about really those two maneuvers, including eights on pylons here in the near future on why we do them, why we practice them, because I'm a big fan and knowing why we do a maneuver certainly helps me understand that a little bit better. But what I believe the most difficult aspect of your commercial pilot certificate is making the switch from IFR to VFR. That's what I believe is most difficult. And we can overcome that by, when you grab those 250 hours that you need, start by doing some time sharing. Make sure they're VFR cross countries. Looking outside is a great way to start, a great place to start with that. Quick but easy podcast today that I wanted to share with you guys. Guys, thanks so much for making our podcast series number one in iTunes in the aviation category. Remember, if you're going to Oshkosh, you'll be in Hangar B, Hangar Bravo. Find us over there. Go to m0a.com to grab our speaking schedule and giveaway schedule. Looking forward to seeing you guys at EAA Air Venture Oshkosh. Guys, enjoy the rest of your day. And most importantly, remember... But a good pilot is always learning. Have a great day, guys. See ya.